0: Before we begin this podcast, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians on the land on which our podcast takes place, the Daja Daja Wurrung, Boon Wurrung and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and pay respect to their elders both past, present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge that this is stolen land and that sovereignty over this land was never ceded. Caitlin Royce is an artist based on Daja Daja Wurrung country. Her practice explores the potential for energy in the material realm through assemblages that sit in the periphery of painting and sculpture. At the beginning of COVID lockdown, Caitlin made some digital video works investigating the shifts in the felt experience of time. Thank you for joining us, Caitlin. Pleasure. We have a few questions that we've got planned for you. Caitlin has shown crystalline or crystalline ray of light. It's a video and text piece in our volume three, Limbs, Locusts and Lavender. And since I already do know your practice, so I'm a little biased, but if you could just give us a little head start, just explaining what you're currently working on or what your practice is about at the moment.
1: Yeah. um, So... It's such an interesting question, isn't it? It's like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I guess that my practice is kind of concerned with or uh, investigates the spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I I get a lot of inspiration from books that I've been reading um, and listening to. And I guess the video work actually came out of COVID because in I haven't always made straight video works. And um, that was just a result of kind of being in the very initial stages of being cut off from everything and just working from home and listening to things on my phone when I was going on walks, like audio books and stuff. And, um, yeah, it feels kind of the work felt really claustrophobic when I was making it, and I still I feel like it it's quite has that kind of weird feeling to watch as well. Mm. But um, it did sort of come from learning about um, like higher states achieved through meditation and um, kind of thing. So, yeah. Because yeah. I, I was just looking
0: at it then. I mean, I've got it in front of me now. And even though I've, I have seen it before, it's, it seems to have like, why did you choose the 70s art deco? sort of backdrop because it's sort of even though it's a video it sort of operates as like a gif as well doesn't it
1: yeah yeah so uh when it was originally gonna go onto the website it was going to operate as a couple of different gifs but Mm. we ended up going with like the video instead Mm. um yeah because my computer (laughs) (laughs) cooked it but yeah. um yeah so oh I've forgotten the question sorry what (laughs) oh no so like why did um like was there yeah yeah because um, it's so guess, prominent like, yeah it was it was interesting because uh I had collected those images over time but was looking through them really curiously mm. um at that at that point in time um I don't really know why maybe it was because like I was feeling pretty trapped in my own environment mm. and um there's something about that particular aesthetic that feels very otherworldly to me anyway. And like a lot of Trusted in's kind of set in that time. And definitely, mm. it, I don't know, it feels like sort of portal-esque into something else. It seems bizarre to me that people would have even ever lived amongst that kind of material matter.
0: Like decor, um, yeah. It
1: reminds me yeah. of Helen
0: Drive. Is
1: that a yeah, totally. movie? Like yeah,
0: totally. Like that whole like, even though that movie may not seem like spiritual as, as such, but it it, it oh, always totally is shifting is, yeah. between like the like reality and fantasy, or not well, not even yeah. fantasy, more just like
1: yeah. Just have corruption. you read um, <laughs> Mark Fisher's The Weird and the Eerie? No. Oh, I have to like get this book. No, to you. No, I, I do send don't... this book to you um, I, because I don't think of have It. Mark Fisher mm-hmm. and um it's a it's a small book but I was reading it during, around that time as well and it sort of um talks a lot about the weird and the eerie and Mulholland Drive Drag- well that's used in the book
0: yeah um, that that is a kooky film I, I've watched that maybe three times the first time that I watched it I just could not wrap my head around it no I just not, not I just I didn't know what was going on and I was like oh symbols and then I picked up on it and then... It only. doing the win? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> and then Betty, like, I don't know what she's doing, but yep. there was... Um, I had to watch it maybe about three times to actually start drawing comparisons. Um, yeah. And especially sure. when that... Um, I don't know what the guy's called, but you know when he sees... Which is a bit of a spoiler, oh, but you know the when the vagina? guy sees like yeah, and he goes out and there's that really jarring point where he like sees the person he like dreamt about yes. that situation. Oh, I just got chills talking about it. That oh. is David oh, Lynch.
1: That's... He is fantastic. Mm. He really is so fantastic. Mm. And um, oh, yeah,
0: that, oh, that makes me feel weird <laughs> thinking about that. That, that. that's that one
1: scene that really just it get. It's like a it's very dreamlike, like like very lucid, isn't it? It sort of makes you think about all the. Do you ever have a dream and then, like, the next day you're doing something and you've completely forgotten about the dream and then you remember the dream and you're like, oh, that like, kind of like – Yeah, yeah. Or oh, it's my like God. the person that was in the dream is, like, in yeah. front of you and you're like, oh. Yeah. It's so <laughs> powerful. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, so this book, In the Weird and the Eerie, he talks about mahalan Drive and um, different dream states and stuff like that. But uh, it's been a while since I've watched it, so I don't, I don't really remember the decor that much. but.
0: It was. I mean, it's sort of similar to what you've got in the video, like little parts of it. Like, because I think it's well, it's based in um, where is my Holland Drive? Is it California? Hollywood, like, yeah. Hollywood somewhere. Um, but it's got it's got that like really theatrical. Although it's not seventies based, but for some reason that was my first thought. But maybe that comes from it just being yeah. eerie. Um, I think. But,
1: oh, the um, so like with it being like it sort of moves through, probably the sixties to the eighties. That. Um, mm. One thing that I was I liked about the imagery as well that it has this kind of like it all feels like the film was really similar that was used to take those interior shots, Mm. Um, and they kind of got a little bit. They're not high res images, so they were getting a little bit blown out. Um,
0: But I like that. I like it being mm. a little like dusty, like or not dusty. That's not the right word. Like grainy, almost. So like you've got like vaseline on the lens or something. (laughs) But. because when, while I'm looking at it at the moment, they seem, um, even though they are images, they seem documentational, like of experiences, like, um, but then I guess that sort of relates to my whole Drive in a way, but um, just about how that sort of begs to question when you are recounting an experience, if that's what these are, um, how that can potentially be externalised or warped like how, you know, memory, especially if it is trying to recall something that happened in the past, how mm. that can change depending on, I guess, the perspective that you're looking at. Um, but I just wanted to ask about, like, were these images, so you resonated with these not because you would necessarily seen them before but more it had like a, you had a response to them?
1: Yeah, I felt like um, when I was initially making that work, um, it, it was I wanted to it to feel a little bit as though you were moving through time or kind of journeying in a mm-hmm. way that was what I was focusing on so I, I think that was probably the main thing and I liked that even though the the period of the decor was changing from scene to scene to kind of move forward through time there was something about it that like Mm -hmm. had this like continuity as well so it was like this kind of moving really forward through time but also being like kind of stuck and claustrophobic in this um yeah in that imagery well yeah that's I guess that was was the main Bring um because in the video
0: you have those gradients or those flashes of light they're like the transitional shots um and it's so quick as well um like it moves from one environment to another but In doing so, you've used really like neon green or something really alien-y to transition. And I think Mm. that really worked. Although um, I guess that was going to lead me to my next question is since you've like chosen a little patch or a little section within these images to add your um, sort of like galaxy-like bacteria, moon-looking, moving images... Was there a reason why you wanted them moving and the whole rest of the image stagnant? no mm.
1: there wasn't like um, I just I just really was very stuck on, on those images in general at the time, and um, I guess I kind of think of that work as well as like mm. a bit of a sketch like um, in that at that point in uh COVID, like being at home I was just finding it really hard to make work and so I was trying to make work quite quickly and without thinking about mm, it too much it's always a good way to go. um yeah like it just it just kind of I was away in my studio and uh, I had my computer and so I was just kind of like I'm gonna do some video work and um I made a, a bunch of smaller kind of things like that to to get me going mm. again and thinking so yeah like as an advancement, I would think about using moving imagery or, like, um, it's, it's interesting as well because, like, ideally what I would like to do is to go and get my own footage in those kinds of environments or set up yeah. an environment that kind of replicates that. Like, I like, don't have the money. really do that. <laughs> so don't, don't have, have the so money. And... Decor. No, but, like, um, architecturally mm. sort of. Um, and, like, there are, there are some things online, but, Uh, nothing that I've found that I really want to use just yet Um, or like things that I've saved that I don't know how to advance on them just yet. It would be interesting
0: Um, to see where, um, and I mean, I'm sure you've done this with these images or have done with other images before, but actually knowing the location um, of each of the images, like if it's a particular mm -hmm. someone's like house or is an institution space or like that would also add a really interesting element. Um, Yeah. And with the actual because again i 'm looking at the video now with the the galaxy like moving image that you 've what do you call like inserted mm-hmm. into like say this pool looking mm-hmm. looking thing um it looks like bacteria or like a crystal like zoomed in mm. and I was wondering if you wanted to if that had any like relation necessarily or even to because again i 'm a bit biased because I know you, but if that, <laughs> but is that connected to like your beliefs on spirituality or was that something that you wanted to echo in your works? Um, that,
1: yeah, but sure. then again,
0: like, and there's also so many plants. I know that you have, um, quite a strong relationship with the botanical as well. So I wanted to know if, if this was meant to allude to crystals and a form of like metaphysical healing, um, like through video at all, or mm. if that's just me, just delving in a bit too hard yeah that's really
1: it's <laughs> very not. interesting though like when I first made the video I actually was listening to um an audiobook where uh this woman is talking about healing her body through an mm. en- energy coding and Ooh. she has this introduction where she starts she talks about how she's reached this really kind of transcendental state of meditation, and Ooh. um so I recorded that originally. That
0: wasn't meant to sound so creepy, by the way. That... Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> um,
1: so I recorded that and slowed it right down, and that was originally the backing to the video. So it was kind of like um, I wanted to feel like that um, sort of bacterial kind of thing or um, microcosm kind of goop was like yeah. talking
0: <laughs> it looks like that sparkly goo I don't know what you call it in particular but you know those toys when you were little and yeah. they're all like you know you know what the yeah, thing I'm talking about sure. like that
1: slimy thing like that people just put their fingers in yeah I don't know what it's called we, we had that... stuff that was called gack like it was Ugh. um and you'd like stick your fingers in it and it would like fart. yeah 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 <laughs> oh <laughs> but that's what it looks like
0: yeah like you've got those sparkles in the goo that you would play with it's it sort of looks like that like a tacky form of, yeah um, what do you call it Well yeah sparkles goo um bacteria which I think really pairs really nicely with the plants as well and and it sort of I can't work out if I feel like it's suited to these 70s decor environments or not like I I, I feel like I part of me thinks it's doesn't belong but then it sort of does yeah I don't, I don't really even know what I mean by that necessarily but it's very psychedelic yeah I think is what I'm trying to get at I like guess... not just the imagery but just all of it the movement of it um, the gradients and the transitional shots
1: mm. it's I, I think it, it probably stems from being like a, a major component of my practice or the investigation behind it is that kind of um, looking at the material world and then considering, um, I guess a more inner state or like, um, yeah, like where, how we actually give material meaning, um, Mm. and the power we afford material. That's probably the main driving force behind the investigations that I do. So it's probably a reflection of that in a way that, this is kind of more of a, meant to be like more of a portal into something more profound and spiritual, but through the very heavily material and like um, with that particular day, very certain periods in history, um, Mm. I find that like almost like whenever I see that kind of stuff, I'm always like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I'm also really repulsed by it. Yeah. And I (laughs)
0: think, That's that's sort of something that um I think a lot of people are beginning to become more drawn to is not going for such unified things. Not that there's anything wrong with, you know, unified Daycore. Yeah. <laughs> but it was pe- such people a theme, are more wasn't embracing it? yeah. People are more embracing of things that are a little off and a little kooky and aren't as unified and balanced like mm-hmm. and I don't know about you, but I love going to Salvo's or some, like an op shop and looking at all the old like grandma cutlery. Yeah. And some people just really want to get rid of it. And I'm like, I I love that stuff. Like I would love a whole house just full of knickknacks.
1: Yeah. But maybe that's that's just me. Yeah, no, I'm the same. Might
0: just be me. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I did also want to ask, Just you just reminded me, when you were saying, um, just talking about objects and matter and, what defines them do you do you think that there's a difference between energy and matter like do you believe that they're the same thing or is there a certain way that you would define energy and matter or like within an object or a personal thing or
1: I I don't really know how to answer that question because I feel like that is what I'm grappling with all the time and it's this kind of thing of like I, I believe that it's like a um that there is a connection, and and that one needs the other. If that makes sense, like matter and energy are one in the sense that they have like a symbiosis.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, but yeah, that's I agree kind of where way. where my I feel like my practice sits, and it's kind of this weird gap that I like to sit in. I don't want to be too conclusive about that, but um, yeah, I find it really interesting. Don't want to yeah, like even anything to do with matter and the the power that we afford it like even hoarderism and that kind of thing is really if that's if that's how you describe <laughs> that's me um, it as a movement <laughs> hoarderism it, um, it is so
0: like because you're holding on to all these objects from the past like mm. for some and you collect them and appreciate them as if you're bringing something backwards forwards yeah
1: definitely and it's like but yeah, it's but... forwards it or... were that didn't make sense oh well anyway <laughs> anyway um, we're not being graded so it's all good no um, no yet not yet um yeah yeah like I that's what I think that's what I find really interesting and I think the video work was because I don't really work in that medium although I do like it and if the right idea comes along I like to use it but um yeah like I I'm the same I go usually a lot of my practice is kind of based on it found and made assemblages and that kind of thing and with Mm. without being able to go to op shops and not being able to access materials to work with as easily through COVID. I think that's why I turned to the pictures that reflected that. Yeah, um, for sure. So, and
0: also um, I was going to mention with the video as well, just when you were saying you wanted to make something that was uh, like, you could use it as an apparatus to transcend in, or, or a portal, like to open up a new portal. I, I think, video as well, not just for convenience of COVID and not having access to, like, tangible materials, but the video as well, I mean, not if we're going to go down, I mean, we already have gone down the witchy woo-woo path. Yeah, love (laughs) woo-woo. I know, same, love woo-woo. Full full respect for witchy (laughs) woo-woo. Video and electricity is like a whole, I don't know, I need to learn more about it, to be honest, but as that seems to be a method for transcending a space or sending a message um through like the spiritual threshold whether that's like the flashing of lights um you know how like electricity goes off or the tv Mm. getting plugged out or it seems to be that seems to be a very heavily um what's the word like moat Motive's not the word. Like a mode or added, yeah. Yeah, like a form of communicating seems to be through is, electricity or video or TV or. And that's music. totally
1: like reflected through popular culture and like white noise. And it's probably mm. actually just comes from like having not nailed um, technology just yet, but like all yeah. of these kind of like things that would pop up and be like, oh my God, is that spirit? Trying, trying to contact sign. Us? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, I, used to I love remember- that when I was
0: a kid. For sure. I mean, I, I still love it. <laughs> I'm still like, oh my i my God, a bit of a white noise. <laughs> I'm um, a little off topic, but I, I mean, again, it depends on what you believe in and whatnot. But I, I remember after my grandmother passed, um, the song that we played at her funeral was the Carpenters' um, They Long To Be Close To You, you know, that beautiful song. It's yeah. also on the Simpsons movie. Home is like on the iceberg and he's like floating away. <laughs> but anyway, and, you know, you don't really hear that song on the radio that much. No. Like you just, you know, it's not just going to pop up. And then um, it might have been like, so that was, yeah, that was played at her funeral. And then a few days later, it, then we were all in the car and we were talking about my grandmother. We turned the radio on and the song came on and we were like, Oh, that is that's spooky, wild. and yeah. and it never comes on. It just doesn't. And yeah. then um, there was a few more instances like that, like over the over the months, where we would be talking about her and then would turn the radio on, or would turn the TV on, or just weird sort of stuff. And I'm like, if this isn't it, I don't know what is.
1: Yeah, yeah. She was with but, you. Yeah,
0: and and that's sort of why I think video. Like bringing it back to that video radio TV movies, like moving image electricity it all seems to be this like mode of transcending or someone or something at least trying to attempt to transcend between two places yeah. if there are two places well, I mean it's I, a I, wish that thinking. I could say something <laughs> a
1: little bit more intelligent about electricity right now because oh, I'm I'm I don't sure know if, anything <laughs> about it I'm sure if I could like if um I knew a little bit more about how it technically works, which um, is probably a bit embarrassing to say that I don't have a great knowledge of that. But, like, fundamentally when you think about the telephone, that is, like, you know, people in two different places being able to communicate. And, like, although we are in the highest sense kind of very used to that now as a possibility, Mm. that would have been so magical when Mm. that first was available or even being able to have light room like without having yeah. to light gas or anything like that that is magic to me but I think we become so used to an idea that we forget how how magical yeah. it is we take it for granted we don't
0: we don't understand the um the significance of like an action or like a
1: yeah but definitely some that kind. relationship to kind of ontology as well as Oh, yes, we spoke about this with um, Iona and I spoke about this with Katie Payne
0: in our first episode about hauntology. Her whole practice is around it and Oof. it is delicious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention. So Iona isn't with us um, today. And when oh. I say she's not with us, I don't <laughs> mean <laughs> she's died. Passed. God. Sorry. <laughs> Physically. No, no, no. She's just got a few things. Um, she's just a bit busy at the moment. So it was just me interviewing today. Yeah. She is not past. She is alive and well. <laughs> That's um,
1: great. Jesus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, um, but, yeah, we did discuss this with Katie Payne in our first interview just about um, hauntology and how things in the past and in the future seem to exist in the present or vice versa and how they're all interconnected. Whether that's yeah. through objects or colors or experiences. And, um, yeah. But it, that's a whole new kettle of fish.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. But mm. it's also kind of relevant in, um, I don't know, like I think of it a lot about time, in, not, not necessarily in a lot of um, my more physical making. Um but mm. in when I'm working with video I definitely think a lot about time because you literally work on a timeline. So yep. um but like considering time as a realm instead of as a linear experience. For sure. Is mm. which is like um I yeah, at the start of the year I was reading Tom Berg Bergson. Tom Bergson, mm. I'm just oh no, Henry Berg Bergson, not Tom Bergson. And mm. he speaks a lot about or or like theorizes a lot about um time as a felt experience and uh he's definitely all about thinking of time as a realm that in that there is no past and no future but it all kind of like
0: rather than a um like a rather than a form of measurement is that what you mean
1: yeah like instead of thinking like yesterday I did this today here I am right now and tomorrow this might happen it's more like just one kind of cosmic lunchbox where everything happens. Cosmic um, lunchbox. <laughs> Ooh. Well, it's like, it's kind of, yeah. I like that phrase. We, like all there is is just the present and the present is an, an accumulation of all of those things. So there is no such thing as the future. It's like more of just a realm where there's all these little bubbles of things going around, more. which, kind of, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of what you were talking about with ontology, which I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Time. I was actually. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I was just going to say time and and hauntology. I would not, Mm. I think, necessarily go hand in hand, but they probably do, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, I guess that comes down to like what you just said, like how you define time and what time is that would ultimately influence what or how haunt, like for something to be haunted or to bring back something. Um, how that's being affected. So time would need to be a consideration. But I guess that would only work if time was um, defined as a form of measurement mm. or a measurement of um, not even More a, historically, like a Like, like a, a, I don't even know how you define like a time without timeline. calling it a measurement. Like, yeah. Like
1: looking at, yeah, I mean, that's how, that's exactly how we're taught even visually is like, I remember getting those like ruler sort of things and it would be like this is what happened here. And then you sort of move forward. Mm. Um, That actually
0: reminded me just as you were talking about, um, what was his name? Sorry, Henry Bergson. Bergson? Henry
1: Bergson. Yeah.
0: Um, I wanted to ask, well, Iona and I were wanting to know, um, are there any particular books that you've read during like um, COVID isolation that have aided your practice? I mean, I know you've mentioned a few already, but is there anything that you're reading at the moment that, or even if it's not related to your practice, just something that has informed you um, in some way to keep busy slash occupied slash yeah. sane? Yeah.
1: So I have read um, what I was talking about earlier, Mark Fisher, The Weird and the Eerie. Um, mm-hmm. Hang on a second. I'm just going to look on my bookshelf because <laughs> I know I need what to.
0: Um, I mean? I've been reading yeah. this book called The Manual for Cleaning Women and it's by... Um, think it's Lucia Berlin I think her name is or Lydia Davis I'm not entirely sure but it's not related to my practice whatsoever but it's actually been refreshing to read something that isn't actually related to um the occult yeah which I love I love as you know but reading something so unrelated it's so strange yeah
1: isn't it like (laughs) I always get so excited on um semester break when I'm like oh my god I'm gonna read some fiction and I <laughs> never do I never read, no. I never read it anymore it's kind of sucks. um but I guess it's a blessing
0: and it's a blessing and a curse when your interests are also in line with what you're studying yeah like yeah. when which sounds like, oh, what's wrong with that? Which, and there isn't. There isn't anything wrong with it. But sometimes you just need a break. But then the way that you relax and have a break is by looking at what you're studying because yeah. it interests you anyway.
1: <laughs> That's true. I do find, though, when I read fiction, my writing improves. Interesting. Yeah. Like when I was reading at the beginning, uh, like end of last year, beginning of this year, I was reading a lot of Maggie Nelson Mm-hmm. And, I don't think of her anything else. And she's a beautiful writer. Um, and I guess, I guess she's fictitious in that it sounds like she's writing about her own life, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure if she is. But, yeah, that, she's such a, a, a beautiful writer that it makes mm. me want to write. Um, so I really should incorporate that back into my repertoire. <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay. well, it's, it's,
0: everyone has their own aesthetic of writing as well, like yeah. without even realising it. But anyways,
1: on okay, your bookshelf. Books. Okay, so Mark Fisher, The Weird and the Eerie, Time and mm-hmm. Free Will by Henry Bergson, which is what I was talking mm-hmm. about earlier. Um, I love and adore and have reading off and on for probably about a year now, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. Ooh. Um, How to Change Your Mind. How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan, which is a book in which, do you know Michael Pollan? No, no. He's a journalist, I but a I, I think he's a scientist as well. But he's a journalist um, predominantly and he, that's about his kind of um, delving into psychedelics as a 60-year-old. Um, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's great. <laughs> um, so now I'm at my other bookshelf and I've got um, The Denial of Death. Um, by Ernest Becker. <laughs> that sounds great the denial of death and um the death of post-human um oh
0: I, I i read something on um oh what's her name i read it, uh oh hold the pickle i'll get it up now it was um <clears throat> excuse me. oh what was it called um i think her name's jenna it's called like the new materialism Oh yeah, that's what it's called, um, and it talks about posthumanism and um, what that means. But I cannot find it for the life of me. So I'll was, was that was
1: that one. like a? Um, I feel like I got that what,
0: too. Was it's that? It's what Jan gave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for those that's who don't Jan. know, Jan is yeah, Jan is our uh, lecturer slash teacher. Um, oh, I don't, well, I'll find it later. Yeah. But it, maybe it we should have a read the, of that yeah maybe maybe <laughs> we should maybe we should yeah that's a very interesting topic i yeah i'm very into
1: it yep um this book's great this is by claire Colebrook. um mm. yeah that's a good one this is actually borrowed from monash library and i can't return it shout out shout out to monash library <laughs> yeah thanks for, me. thanks for, for your, your hard work guys yep.
0: um
1: i did that and then i have this other book that i've been reading which is um well, uh, Life After Life, which is like this crazy. I love old books from like the 50s and 60s that um, are around that time when westerners were like heavy into experimenting with psychedelics. Ooh. And um, this is a book that a guy who's like a university PhD graduate who did a study on people who died and came back to life. Oh, and so that's my jam. Yeah, I should totally. You should totally come and raid my bookshelf one day. But, yeah. Yes. Is... Are, you, are you in Castleman at the moment? I'm in Town. yeah.
0: Oh, um, I would love to have a studio there, my lord. Yeah, that's nice. Mm, um, I bet it is. <laughs> Speaking of um, studios, how have you found working in your studio? Like with lockdown, do you feel more focused? Yeah. Or do you feel a bit more um what's the word like you're spiraling,
1: spiraling. no so spiraling. So, um, at the beginning of COVID I didn't have a studio because I was expecting to use the studio that is on campus um mm. <laughs> and then couldn't because of COVID and because I live two hours away from Monash so um I yeah. ended up getting a studio in in town in Castlemaine and ever since then I've feel like I've had sort of a bit of a more control over my practice again so I guess that's That's something that's really (laughs) like important for me is to have like a space like a workspace that I can go to and um leave the house and not like work in the house and be like oh there's dishes there that need to be done like there's so many distractions here
0: that's so important. That's something that I've been trying to do. I've always struggled with that myself. Of, um, I mean, thankfully, I um, where, where I'm living at the moment, I've got an attic space where I've been doing my work. Thank goodness. I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have that space to put all my junk in. But I think it's so important not to work in your bedroom or somewhere like where you sleep or um, Yeah, like in front of the kitchen, like in the kitchen where there are dishes, like you really need to separate yourself. Yeah. Otherwise you just get lost and it'll just get so muddled. I mean, some people don't have a choice, of course, but it, yeah, I think it's so important to have your own little nook. Yeah. If if possible to just separate yourself and.
1: Yeah. Delve in. I've heard about people who think that they work better at the kitchen table than in their studio. And it's like, I guess it is just kind of case by case, but for me, it's. Mm. It doesn't work at all. It's I can like study at home um, because I do like we've got a spare room and I'm like okay, well that's where I'll designate that. Mm. But making and like my making is messy as well. Like it's actually if I try to do it at home, I'm and I'm renting, you know, like I can't <laughs> go wild really. So no, yeah, it's been it's been so good having that space back. And it's Mm, also kind of, I don't know, it makes me feel more professional as well. Like I'm like, this is my workspace and I'm leaving the house and going to work now. Like,
0: Oh, I
1: (laughs) probably shouldn't say
0: this, but I was was actually just thinking before just about professionalism, like when I'm in my dressing gown right now (laughs) and I was like, and I was talking to my dad and um, telling him that I was interviewing you and he's like, You've got toothpaste on your face, for your pimples. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, and, and we're, and he's like, And you're in your pajamas. I'm like, Well, it's COVID. Yeah, this is how we live and now. And like, Yeah. And I was sort of like, Look, I understand like the whole get in your suit and, you know, dole yourself up. Sure, sure. But I just thought, Well, it's over the phone. You can't see me. Totally. And really?
1: even, even if you could. you got to wait well. for your wins. It's not like that stuff's not going to happen. Also, it's just like winter. Like, do i like I just pretty much just wave at my wardrobe of clothes every day and I'm like <laughs> See you when it's warmer, I'm not like yeah. I'm wearing this same pair of jeans and this and big no jumper every day and I don't care because it's winter and as soon as that first like spring air breaks, I'll probably wanna put, put something, something nicer the I'll still probably
0: be in my pajamas and, and trackies <laughs> and dressing gown even when spring does come. That's I'll funny. be like, Oh, it's still <laughs> cold. Um No one can see me anyway.
1: Yeah. Look, I like this could change the way that we live forever. Like when and if things
0: do go back to a
1: state where we're going into the studio um, where other people are (laughs) on a day-to-day basis, we might all be going in with like toothpaste on our faces and that's just the way we live now. And like everybody just has to accept that. I don't really want to go back to the way I was. And I not wasn't even well, putting exactly. that much
0: effort in then. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've, I've actually gone outside with toothpaste on my face before and forgotten. Yeah. Like I forgot that I, oh, it was ages ago, I, I don't even know what I was doing, but I had toothpaste on my pimples and it must have been on from like, you know, the night prior. <laughs> Days probably way prior. too much information <laughs> for, this, <laughs> for this podcast. But, and I've gone outside and completely forgotten and I got home and I'm like, oh my Christ. Yeah. I've left it on my
1: face and yeah. no one said anything. Do you know, I can't, I don't like it when people don't say anything. Like I, like I, for some reason I just have teeth that stuff just always gets caught in. Like I'll eat a, an almond and I'll go look in the mirror and there's like an almond skin over one of my whole front teeth. It's like so oh. annoying. And like you hang out with people like for hours and you ate the almond before you even no saw them and anything. no one says anything. Yep. It's like, what's wrong yep. with you? Just yeah. tell me.
0: <laughs> yep. You can't, win. You no, can't I've, win. I've done
1: that too. I've gone out with a, a face mask on and forgotten about it and just been like, oh, oh well, how could, how could you forget a face mask? Because, Wouldn't you like, feel it? I like don't put face masks on very often. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so When I did, it was so outrageous. That... Was it a color? No, I think it was like, you know, those ones that are like really light white. Oh my yeah like the clay yeah like a clay one but it was like a moisturizing clay mask and it was like um it was it would have just been like you could probably see that I was wearing a face mask but not like heavily and I don't think I like went out to like no one's judging you. I think I might have (laughs) gone to see a friend or something like that and realized like as soon as I got there I was like oh I didn't take that face mask off so it wasn't too bad but like I don't know a little bit of humility is kind of Good for you, isn't
0: it? Well, isn't there that photo of Cher? Is that who it is? And they've got a face mask on and they're just out in public. Um, As if they were like wasn't... just walking about. Oh, I need to find that. Yeah. I'm going to get that up. That, I'll send it to you separately. If there's no one's like picked a, up, Caitlin like new... and I are actually friends outside, <laughs> outside of this podcast. That's why we are very much derailed in this
1: conversation. There's something to love more about Cher every day.
0: Yep. Amen. What a human. Hmm. Um. Back to our art, <laughs> chatter Before I keep forgetting, um, there was one more question that I had to ask you. Um, in reference to crystalline, crystalline yep. ray of light, your video works and how it was paired with a text. So, um, as I was reading through, because it sounded like a folkloric sort of story, fairy tale sort of like situation. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not aware. If these are gods or not, but um, and I also can't pronounce them. But I noticed in the text that you referenced um, Califera, or Is that I think that's how you say it, or Archididae? Yeah, yeah.
1: Am I saying this right? <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. No. I don't have the text. I don't have the text in front of me. Um, but hang on a second. I can try and get it up. And so those were um, like scientific terms for yeah and um and stuff but let me just see if i can get it up
0: like bacteria's um and there was another one too it was like um gregaria i think is how you pronounce it and i wasn't sure if, yeah. yeah i wasn't sure if they were bacteria's or like um like greek gods or i was just going to ask if there was any um like how that alluded to your practice of or as, or if that was referenced from any of the books that you were reading and that informed
1: so those yeah they're like the um like botanist terms for plants um Ooh. yeah so not gods but maybe gods depending on how you think about the world yeah um, that's strange how I thought that yeah um so it's like um like
0: algae or like, like it's, it's like it's like the scientific term for it.
1: yeah yeah like oh. um I was sort of thinking about the theme of the work uh the theme of of this particular particular edition of quick um when I was Mm. writing that so and by writing that I mean like looking it up before I wrote it down because I don't just have those names (laughs) in the background yeah it's just like I'm not just like a I'm just I'm just
0: yeah (laughs) I'm just well aware of all the scientific terms of (laughs) um plants it's my Um, side my side gig yeah no that's that's good to know actually because I um after reading through it again I was like they're 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 such godlike terms and that that's actually very fascinating that It's a scientific term for a, like a, yeah, like a locust or of some kind that sort of adds a whole new element. Yeah. Like a hierarchical sort of thing as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy to read this now to think like, what was going through my mind? Like when, do you ever read (laughs) things that you wrote? like Somebody else wrote that because it's just kind of, it's so, so like. You're so separated
0: from it sometimes when it's been a period of time.
1: Yeah. Yeah but that all comes
0: around it time time, yo. but <laughs> it's, it's the realm. <laughs> yep. That's the realm. That is all the questions that I do have for you as well, my dear. Cool. Thank you so much for speaking with me. And again, I wish Iona was with us physically. I mean, Aww. she is alive, yeah. awesome. but
1: that was so informative. Thank you. I'm sorry if we got like really derailed at point. Oh, we
0: didn't know. No, no, no. I'm I'm all for a derail. That's that's the most exciting part, like how um the conversations that are generated when you're talking about a certain thing or when you're in a certain environment as well. Like we're all inside right now. I mean yeah, maybe you're on a walk or whatever you're doing. But <laughs> I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's interesting to see how a conversation can develop, like not even related to art, just in anything, depending mm. on people's circumstances. But that's a whole new conversation. Yeah. That's a whole new kettle of fish. It is. But thank you, Possum. Thanks and for then, having me.